Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Gardner Minshew is fucking back, folks. Yes, sir. The king has returned. And with it, a quote has resurfaced from Gardner Minshew, which I do believe bears mentioning. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh, you know, people told him, you can't be a great painter. You only have one ear. You know what he said? I can't hear you. Yes. Gardner Minshew actually said that. He's, he's actually a real person. I know, I know it's hard to envision, and maybe until I actually see him in person, I won't actually believe that he isn't just like a mythical creature that's out there. Because if you think about this guy's rise, it makes no fucking sense. Sixth round pick, or wait, seventh? Seventh out of Washington State. Seventh round pick out of Washington State. Dude that was just kind of a clown a little bit in college. Um, You know, posing in the the locker room after wins, like in his jock strap. Like, just a funny motherfucker. Legendary mustache. Um, No real, like, you know... Like, he doesn't have, like, a ridiculous 40 speed. He doesn't have a rocket arm. He really has nothing that's exceptional. But everyone on Earth loves this guy. And we were talking about it right before the the podcast. There's nobody that does not like Gardner Minshew. He is just such a likable human being. And he's just a guy that I think universally, no matter what team he plays for, people will always root for. Yeah, but I think my... The, my favorite thing that everyone's like really overlooking when they're when he's quoting Van Gogh because remember Van Gogh died from syphilis. Another great quote from him, and you can mark this one down. Uh, he was asked, "Vincent, are you going to wear a condom?" He said, "Condom? I don't have a passport. I'm not going to France." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's 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 an exact Van Gogh. That quote. is verbatim. Yep. Yep. We're the sports memory, and we don't ever we would never steer you wrong with fake quotes. So. You know 100% that it, that is a real one. For sure. For sure. But Gardner Minshew for the Eagles uh, started out with a pers- perfect passer rating, 11 for 11. Uh, ended it with the with 133 passer rating. Best game, uh, uh, first time Eagles starter has ever had, um, which is kind of just a random cherry pick stat. But Yeah, and, and now I get it. It's the Jets. Like they've, they've had their struggles against like the pass, whatever, but still coming off the bench, like just figuring out a way. And that's what he did in Jacksonville. Like he's, it's not like he's a guy who's always been surrounded by talent. He's always been overlooked. How do you not root for that guy? I'll tell you what, he, when he gets traded for an upgraded pick, cause I, it was a seventh round he was traded for too. Uh, give him a fourth round, stay in the state, come to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so he, when we look at Trevor Lawrence over there in Jacksonville and was, I still think Trevor Lawrence can be really good in this league. But did they really need to make the trade? I don't think they did. I don't understand why they did. Still, you have you have a quarterback who is on a seventh round rookie contract who proved he can play. Like he might not be the best in the league. Cool, seventh round pick. You're paying him nothing, but you know he can win games, and he won games with a very shitty Jacksonville team. But he's also a fan favorite. Like even even it's just if you don't know shit about him and you watched like him celebrating with his dad. Like, how do you not get kind of like chills and like be happy for that kind of guy? Yeah, I think so much like the modern athlete is is very sanitized and and you know feels like it's coming through a PR person and like Gardner's just authentically himself and I think that's refreshing for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, imagine if he was great and had that personality, like holy shit! But the fact that he's can be great, 
often is just man. He's the quintessential backup guy. He he, uh, you know they always say the, the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy at, at, at any team. This guy is always going to be the most popular any team he goes to. And I, you know what they they say there's no quarterback controversy in Philly. You know who there definitely is a quarterback contro- controversy with Philly fans. I've I know Philly fans. I'm married to to a pre, to a previous one. I it was it was a deal breaker if she didn't convert to be a Vikings fan. But so she is now a Vikings and fan. You're married now. Exactly. <laughs> she is from Philly. I literally pride her from the Eagles fandom a year. Before the Philly, before Philly won the fucking Super Bowl. So I feel a little bit bad about that. But all I'm saying is, I know Philly fans. Philly fans love this guy. And naturally, there is going to be controversy. Because Hurts, dynamic player, exceptional fantasy player, one-dimensional in a lot of ways. And I just wonder, you know, like... Uh, is there controversy with Philly? Like, oh, there's always going to be controversy. But kind of like touching back on Menchie, like... Does anyone else kind of get like the feel or vibe? Like if he signed with a team, like got a, a contract, doesn't have to be like insane, but like some job security, like with a relatively talented team, like we're talking like a Pro Bowl level quarterback. Yes, you know some security, not like your job's on the line, and you know, you know maybe you know borderline. However, like he's he's talented. There's no question about it. And if you look at what has surrounded him his entire career, uncertainty, terrible everything, and he's. Still finding ways to win games. Yep. Know? Here's a here's a controversial statement. The 49ers would be leading the West right now if they had Gardner Minshew at quarterback. <laughs> I don't think there's any controversy there. I I, I, I truly believe he, you put him on a team like the 49ers with, with, with everything else. And, yeah, I, I do believe. I mean, he can't lead a team, clearly. But the only sample size we really have now is one game with the Eagles and all these other games with fucking terrible Jaguars teams. I just wonder, you know, like, what if, what are we just missing on this guy? Because he still has this insane historical passer rating through his first couple seasons. Uh, he famously had the best passer rating any rookie has ever had. Um, or, sorry, first-time starter, I should say that, because it, it's notable to say that because it was over Kurt Warner his first year. Um, I just wonder. I mean, I, I do think Hertz is going to be the starter after their bye week. Um, because he should be, he's he's led them to plenty of wins, yeah, and sure. and I do think he he should be the starter. However, if Hertz struggles at all, that's when things get interesting. Well, yeah, and and there has been struggles, and Philly just can't make up their mind. When's the last time they made up their mind on their quarterback? They don't need to. They're they're the team that won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. You know what I'm saying? Like that, and that that's my that's been my whole thing. That you know, like the J- Jaguars are like. We can't have this backup guy because it creates a distraction in our locker room and we need to make it known that Trevor Lawrence is the guy. And the Eagles, who have Hurts, who for all intents and purposes is their guy, they bring in Minshew and guess what? Hurts gets hurt. Fucking Minshew comes in. They win a game. It looks like a genius move. I mean, Philly has always embraced these these solid backup quarterbacks and it looks like they're doing it again. And I don't know, man. He, he's under contract through next year. I think Philly will keep him because how could you not? He's 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 making peanuts essentially as as a contract. So keep him through next year. I I actually think Philly could be pretty good next year. Yeah, they they, they still have pieces, and um, I I don't know if we want to. I know we're going to touch a little bit on the draft later. Some will hold some of those, but draft stock's there. The yeah. draft stock is there, and it's what you need because I guess ultimately the 
2022 NFL draft. It's not like overloaded with like the elite talent, but it's good, just good enough to kind of stack some picks going into 2023. You know, still get a good player. Uh, so it does, it does make something very interesting for uh, for Philly, which we'll, we'll we'll dig into that in a little bit. Sure. I think if you're Minshew's agent, though, like you don't want him to play again, right? No. You hope that's the last down he ever plays. You, Chase Daniel comes to mind. Gardner Minshew, even Gardner Minshew, I, he, I think he could be a really good player in the league. I think he'd rather be a Chase Daniel in this league. I mean, remember when Matt Castle tricked people into a contract? Yeah, dude, I mean, Matt Castle, listen. Matt Castle had some years. I mean, he he was capable with the Chiefs for a number of years. I mean, he was capable. But yeah, I I, I do remember that. He played for my fucking team yeah. for years. <laughs> I mean, that's what you, I think that's what you hope for. That that's your ceiling if you're Gardner Minshew, right? Yeah. You hope you just trick some team into giving you a decent sized contract. Yeah, Which you could. But yeah, but, but like even like a decent sized backup quarterback contract still manageable. The guy's making under a million dollars a year right now and to come out and someone who can actually have some confidence and not to just like change your whole game plan, but someone who's going to come in and, you know, win you some games. And we even saw like Colt McCoy came in and won some games and that's, that's what you want out of your backup quarterback. So if you're going to, you're not going to pay them some, you know, a couple million dollars. Why the fuck not? Yeah. It's, um, so uh, another guy who's continues to win in this league is uh, Taylor Heineke. Another guy, and dude, talk about, uh, Marcus, you're a lover of underdogs, as everyone should be. Uh, Heineke, how can you not root for this guy? Fucking Washington football team is red hot. Um, You know what the guy's making? 150 grand a game. $150,000 a game. Guys like Kirk Cousins, dude clears 2 million plus every single game. This guy's making 150,000. All he does is win. Uh, All he does is almost beat the Bucks. (laughs) Like he's he guys like Minshew and Heineke, those are the type of dudes that I just they never seem to materialize fully. But man, if you could just see one of these Cinderella stories materialize, like I I I love it. Yeah, hopefully it'll be uh, obviously it'll highly likely unlikely to you know uh, get to the Tom Brady esque level. But man, like what a story that would be! Like like could you imagine just the talks about like how shitty NFL evaluators are if Minshew makes a Pro Bowl? If, if he leads his team like deep in, you know, if he you know finds a decent enough team, right? It's, it's, those are the stories we kind of live for as fans. Like, like, like if if it's not your team that's there, like you kind of you're rooting for certain players that that kind of get that championship, you know. And nobody wants to talk about it, but Tom Brady is the greatest Cinderella story of all time, <laughs> and always will be. And it's so, it, which is so funny about Tom Brady too, because everyone hates him. You know, you think of him as this elite quarterback, which obviously he is, and what he's what he does is insane. But this this is the greatest Cinderella story of all time, and I think ultimately Tom Brady's story is what success does to your reputation, because everyone becomes a villain eventually. Yeah, for sure. But like. It's hard to fathom anyone ever possibly topping that Cinderella story because you go from six round pick, six round right there. I mean, here's the deal: there's only another 34 picks in the draft after him, so there's not a lot of real estate for people to be drafted lower and make right. It. But but yeah, no, but but <laughs> yeah, but he was 199 overall. It's a compensatory six round pick. But right? but on top of just being like a six round pick, which, it, w- w- which at that yeah. point you're just looking for fillers for your camp. But on top of being that late in any draft, talking about the best player in all of sports, like the well, best. 
if you hear the the Patriots war room tell it, they had him much higher on their board, but they already had three quarterbacks on the roster. Um, but they got to a point where they're just like, we have to take him. But they there's some people in the room they he had a couple of big champions. They had him like a third, fourth round valuation. So it sounds like a it sounds like someone's trying to take more credit. You know what I'm saying? It, like, uh, if, no, if I it, had him higher. <laughs> if it was a guy saying, yes, it's me, I right. 110% agree. But it, there's a lot of people who point to, like, this one guy okay. in, in the room. And he, I've never heard him say it. I've only heard, like, three or four other people say, like, no, this guy's, like, standing on the table. Like, we need to take this guy, like, in the fourth round. What are the odds they had him higher than Giovanni Carmazzi? Right. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Straight up. Some, some, but, like, even when you look at Joe it, like, Farmer, like, 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 even guys like Michael Jordan have, like, their underdog story. Like, they overcame adversity. Right. He was still picked third overall in the NBA draft. Like, sure. Like, he, you know, he figured out early enough. Yeah. You're talking about a guy that was almost undrafted and is the – Whoever like football is, is like whoever hardest, debates like yeah. who's the best of all time like you can always talk like physical tributes but like if you had a team who's who's gonna win he is the guy who wins you know like for whatever physical tributes he's won like he is th- the goat of all every sport I think football is the hardest though because you're taking eleven guys on a field at a time playing varying styles of, of football in college playing against a range of competition that goes from Alabama. To like St. William and Mary. Yeah. Yeah. The spectrum is incredible. So to take all those variables and distill it down and say, this is the guy. Yep. It's, 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 that alone is hard. And then you got to really like to be a professional athlete at that level, you have to want it more than anything else. And that's like impossible to measure. So, yep. I think even the measurables are hard, but the, the, the things you can't measure are even harder. Yeah. The guy, you know, like Josh Allen obviously turned out to be a great quarterback. Um, but, how many of those guys do you see fail? Guys that in, in the, these the small time court. When you hit the one, now they open the door for like five more yep, busts. Exactly. Yep. 100%. Yeah. And we're kind of seeing it with coordinators right now. Coordinators and head coaches. Oh, yeah. The, Sean, Mc, the, Sean McVay gets a guy like Cliff Kingsbury hired. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but that's not a fail. But but it opens the door. But there, there's a lot of fails. Like we're still we're still seeing like Andy Reid's tree fall down. You know, McVay's tree is going to keep expanding. But, like, anytime you see, like, the young, energetic um, uh, guru, the offensive guru comes in and just isn't the guru, like, just average at best, and that that never lives up to expectations. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to do some power rankings towards the end of this podcast, so stick around for that. Um, But speaking of power rankings, we got to talk about it because the Pats are now, record-wise, at the top of the AFC. Uh, in one of the most remarkable games I can ever re- remember, uh, actually the only Pats fan on this podcast right now did not find this game that interesting. I actually, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. I, I I thought it was an interesting game just because you see, you know, so many just traditional games. This is one of these games you saw two hours before wind was fucking just absolutely pelting. Punt, did you see the punters going out and just attempting to like just to see how the ball would the, come off their foot? Yeah. The, the favorite clip I saw was someone kicking an extra point, like lined up pregame, whatever, like no pads. They kicked an extra point, and the ball came up towards the goalpost and came four yards short and missed wide right. Yeah, I saw that they interviewed uh, Tyler Bass before the game. They're like, so how, uh, how far do you feel comfortable today? He goes, in this end, uh, extra point and in. Mm-hmm. In this end? I probably not at all. Yep. <laughs> I loved. So my favorite part about this game is they kept saying, all right, the Patriots have the win now at their back. 
So basically, like the, the announcers are like, all right, Mac Jones is going to start passing. <laughs> Three passes the whole game. I think, I think that's the one thing for me, you know, inclement, inclement weather is football weather. It's great. But when the wind was that severe where it's like, okay, this is this team's quarter to score. And then next quarter, they're probably not going to score. Like to me, that kind of takes a lot of the fun out of the game, kind of zaps it because it's it almost like puts a limiter on, on one team for half the game. Only if there is an electric quarterback. Like I, I always hated when like, like Josh Allen, like, I I I don't think I don't think Josh Allen is quite there for me in terms of like a guy that's that's like elite and is just going to put up like insane like seventy yard passes. I'm talking about like when Peyton Manning would go and play like uh, the Patriots in Foxborough and it'd be super cold and windy and you just knew you weren't going to see the full blown Peyton Manning. Um, the modern day equivalent, I guess, would be like well Patrick Mahomes. He seems to play really well in the elements, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, when you see like two teams, like two really good offenses that are going up against each other and, and the elements are that bad, I do think it's tragic. But in this case, not not elite offenses by, by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, see, see what, what I kind of liked, and Derek, you were just talking about, is kind of like takes some of the element out. But like for me, when you look, when you like look back and you look at the stats, how it went down, both of these teams still approached it completely differently. Three passes to 30 some odd passes, right? Yeah. But... And truthfully, when you when you're talking about playoff football, which is the only football that matters, both of these teams, if they have like a tiebreaker with anyone else in the AFC, NFC, however, you know, whoever, if they're in a tiebreaker, how do they not automatically get the edge? If you think that like they had, they played through these elements, and with that type of game, we haven't seen it. The last time we saw something that was so drastic as far as elements, I think it was Philly, Detroit, um, a few years back. It was a mound of snow. Like Matt, like they were just swiping, like all the way. It, it was very similar to like the Raiders, Patriots. So now at least they have this under their belt. But like you kind of see how they adapt, and both teams played it, like, but well, like that's a very, very difficult fucking situation to play. So, so they have that under their belt. I think it also like draws a line between the difference in the NFL between like a good coach, which McDermott's a good coach, and like Bill Belichick. Yeah, like McDermott's like this is our game plan. We're going to go out. We're going to execute our game plan. It's like awesome but you're throwing the ball 30 times in a fucking blizzard. And then, I mean, and there was back shoulders that were wide open, ball sails out of bounds. Like, and, and then there's, you know, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are like, okay, um, we've designed a roster that can do anything. Yeah. So we're going to adapt our game plan to what's on the field. And, and they run the ball. I think there's a stretch where they run the ball like 32 straight times. Yeah. And, and you can't compare any coach to like yeah. Be- Be- Belichick's the greatest, but like the, you know, what makes you the greatest adapting to like that shit yep, like exactly hey this was our game plan but oh you know what hey um i heard we're gonna have 50 mile an hour gusts um tomorrow um you're coming in at 5 a.m so we're gonna make some adjustments and we're gonna figure it out because we're not gonna lose this game that's what separates good yeah, above average the, uh, great to the elite i remember this story i think it was an, an assistant coach that went and coached somewhere else and they talked about you know weird things they do for game pre- preparation and um there was a game where they were playing, I think, in Miami, and it was calling for, like, a downpour the whole game. And for practice that week, they put the balls in, like, like a, like a, a 10-gallon bucket of water. And, like, they rotate the, the balls on the field from, like, sitting in water for, like, 10 minutes. Like, and that way they yeah. were just soaked, like, the whole week. My, my butthurt quote of the week is from Sean McDermott, who 
Jesus Christ. I mean, I love Sean McDermott, but just shut up about Bill Belichick. Just 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 become modest and admit that you you've been dominated by this guy over the course of your really stellar career. Sean McDermott's the best thing to happen to Buffalo since the early 90s. I mean, straight up. It's it, there's no question about it. He's changed around this franchise. But let's not pretend like Bill Belichick isn't Bill Belichick. This week he says, let's not give more credit than we need to Bill Belichick. Uh, and the the bigger quote, there's actually a larger quote than that. I don't think, with all due respect, it's not a Bill Belichick type thing. It's what are you going to do with the opportunities you got? What are you What are you doing with the opportunities you got? We turned the ball over on the on the plus thirty something yard line. Sloppy football. Sloppy football. I'm very comfortable in that situation. That's him trying to attribute the loss to everything except for this fantastic. Greatest coach of all time across the field, and it's kind of embarrassing. Just you know, you know what's funny is that kind of that quote right there, which I, I hadn't heard yet. It kind of for me brought me back to what you were talking about. We've we've talked about numerous times, like Bill Belichick's coach of the year, almost every single year. Kind of like He's LeBron, kind of like LeBron is the MVP every single year. If right. no, yeah. So yeah, yeah. He just he doesn't get. Maybe everyone should suck his dick a little bit more, right? <laughs> like, like he just like I even though it's expected. I mean, we talk about this with like Aaron Donald. It gets to a point where like when you're excellent and you're at the top, unless you're like doing better somehow, you can still be the best. And nobody cares because it's like okay, but it's a down year. It's like yeah, but my my ninety percent is better than your hundred percent. Yeah, and, and and even with like the down year, like even last year's down year, which you know whatever yeah. they, they finished sub five hundred, but seven and nine but, with but, a shit roster. But we're clearly yeah, like like eighty percent of their roster was gone, and they had Cam Newton, who honestly at this point should he even be in front of Sam Darnold. I mean, That's he, another topic, but like yeah, you know, give him credit right. where it's due. Like yeah, like he's he continues to do it. And I fucking hate Bill Belichick as much as any non-Patriots fan does. I, I respect the shit out of him, but give yeah. him credit. Like, he's finding, he finds a way. I love Bill Belichick. He's hilarious, dude. He The way he walked into the Bills field yesterday, this, like, weird trot he had. Well, I mean, you know why? Last 18 games he's played there, he's now won 16 of them. You can walk out in that field however you want. You own that stadium. Is it kind of weird? You own it. I'm, uh, I think the two wins, uh, one was three or four years ago. Fred Jackson was still carrying the team at that time. Great fantasy PPR guy. But, um, and that, and I think Brady, I think those are his only two losses when Brady got knocked out in the ACL. I think, yeah. those, I think those are his only two losses in Buffalo. So, yeah. I think, I think it might have been since then. I think that might be the line, actually. Yep, and as a, right be- as a better folks, you always have to acknowledge when the line has all of a sudden flipped against history. And last week, the Bills were three-point favorites against the Patriots. And I looked at that line, and I said, this is an easy one. This is a slam-dunk uh, fucking money line bet for the Patriots. You got to look out for those, because it, it does. Every once in a while, Vegas catches up to the hype of a team. So, you know, um, in our Sunday morning podcast, I did take Buffalo. And my, my, thinking, my, my thinking was... Josh Allen was going to have a statement game. And I'll tell you what, even though like even though it was a loss, it was still kind of like a statement game for him, I guess. He fucking battled his ass off. Like those are like harsh ultimate yeah, conditions. He did everything he could. So yeah, like like it like I think that's one of those unique rare spots that like even in a loss, it was a statement game like, "Hey, I'm we're we're fucking here." So like, you know, obviously I'm I'll give all the credit to New England, but like he did he did fantastic, I man. I remember my Sunday analysis was Patriots money line lock it in. <laughs> 
100%. You, you just have to acknowledge when a team has just dominated another team and they still look like the team they have in the past. I, I, I thought that was an easy one. Seven straight wins for the Patriots. A lot of things to love about this team. This dual-headed uh, assault on the ground that they have with Ramondre and Damian. Fucking un- unreal. Uh, this Ramondre Stevenson guy, if you don't know who he is, and if he and if he's still out there on your fantasy team, or if you're in like some uh, idiot fucking dynasty league that he hasn't been picked up yet, go grab him. He's a fucking stud. His stats don't jump out at you from from last night, but they are incredible. The guy, the guy's ridiculous. Just watch the way that he runs, and watch the way that the Pats' offensive line blocks. They are fucking good. the The Pats are so good in the trenches. This is a team that's. It's built to go deep into the playoffs. Uh, and they are all of a sudden become the scariest team in the AFC for me. I don't, I don't know who else you could put ahead of them. Um, they could definitely be the uh, scariest team in the NFL right now. Yes. So like, I'm, a- anyone who wants to argue it, you know, you can argue it on both sides, but they're, they, they're finding ways to win. Like th- uh, that win uh, last night was their first non-double-digit win in seven weeks. And before that, it was... Uh, lost in overtime to Dallas. Yeah, I, I really like the way they're built too. As far as far as you know, we talk about like playoff teams, and they have the biggest offensive line in the league. Yes, <clears throat> probably the most physical offensive line in the league, and they're fucking playing defense, like defense, defense, defense. I think they can win in a couple different ways. They're not scary in the passing game. I mean, that's definitely their knock. Yep. Um, but I, I there's one of those teams where like, do you think the Patriots can get a situation where they can't run the ball? Like, I, I just don't see a team jumping out that fast against them with the way their defense is playing. Yeah. So, yep. Um, yeah, they, they, they look ridiculous. Uh, also from last week, the Chargers crushed the Bengals, which I really think is a another shift that we're seeing in the AFC. Um, Chargers looked like they were falling. They, I think they've come back to life a little bit. And I, I was knocking them during our podcast last week. I knocked them pretty consistently. I took the Broncos to beat them the previous week, and it looked pretty good there. I'm officially back on the Chargers wagon. Welcome, welcome back. I'm officially it's, back it's on the Chargers it, wagon. It, it was it was lonely over here. Yeah, it was hard. Nice to have you back, bud. I mean, I I, I was glad I went off because I predicted the Broncos to to beat them uh, in that in that last game, and and they are still a very beatable team. But we saw the power of the Chargers in this game. They're a team that's going to give up some points on defense, but they have a, they have such a high powered offense. Um, what is this team's ceiling? The ceiling is they could beat anybody in the NFL, period. Yes. Like, bar none. They can also lose to That's, team, that's the problem is they're very inconsistent this year. Um, Herbert's pretty much been the only thing going for them that's been very consistent. Um, I think he still has the best passer, best QBR in the league. Um, he's a stud. But as far as the defense, defense is kind of up and down. They, they have some weeks where they look great. They have some weeks where it's, it's a little touch and go. Keenan Allen, uncharacteristic dropping the ball. I think he's up to like nine, which is a league leading. Um, as a team, they've, I think they have 20 drops. They're just forcing it to the guy. League, league leading, yeah. I think the 20 drops as a team. Um, so that's hard. Uh, obviously, you can't win when you're dropping the football. But their ceiling is, I mean, they could beat anybody. There's not there's not a team out there that I, I think you just look and you're like, I just don't see how they get it done. Like, they have a, yeah. they have a formula to beat anybody. Of, of, of course they do. Um, you know, obviously, they're, they're my preseason prediction to win the AFC. Like, Are rubber, they again? They, they, they still are. They're, okay. they, they are so talented. I don't think they actually are, but 
No, they're, 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 they are still my AFC team. You, get, you can't see Marcus right now, but he's wearing a Rams jersey. Well, that's the, that's the <laughs> NFC, so so that's my Super Bowl prediction. I've, I've predicted a few times. And by the way, it's Cooper Cup jersey, Stitch, nice. DM me, and I'll give you a uh, 5% extra fee to uh, order it for you. But A little uh, LA, LA yeah, Super Bowl? Yeah, why? because why not? So there's only, there's only two Super Bowl probabilities right now. It's New England, Tom. I know. Just for that, or it's LALA to one up winning a home, you know, home Super Bowl, road Super Bowl, however. But seems rigged, doesn't it? Everything seems rigged. These storylines always seem to play out. Yeah, but but however you make it in your head, like they can, you can find ways to play it. Like any story can be created at some point, right? And, and through through whatever timeline it finds its way to, it gets there. But yeah, LA is so talented, man. And sometimes it's almost. Um, this year at times, but like last year specifically with like Sean McVay, sometimes it's like, and, and Josh McDaniels over the years, sometimes you're like, man, you're getting too cute. Like you, because like you're maybe too confident in certain spots, you're overthinking and kind of getting too cute and getting away from what you're great at. It's kind of what has happened with the chargers at times, but it, but like no matter what, no matter what argument or talk you want to have about the NFL, the parody's fucking fantastic. Everyone's good. It is like even the Lions are good. Like like even with like they're figuring out like like everything's tighter. So the Chargers can the Chargers are my AFC team. They're like they have all the pieces that you want. They shouldn't be, but they shouldn't be. My, but 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 they are. <laughs> it's like a loyalty pick, I think. But the the big the biggest thing from this game is Burrow has a really fucked up hand now, from what I understand. Um, Thank you, Chargers. I think the Bengals are fucked. I, I hope they are. I think they overachieved this point anyways. Yes. I, I, I don't I don't think they're ever as good as they kind of looked to start the season. Right. I think they're coming back down to kind of reality a little bit, come back down to earth. But every time I every time I, I've been on that wagon so many times and then they come back and beat some team they shouldn't beat. So it's it's so bizarre. But if Burrow's hurt, they're done. I yeah, think. there's no way without Burrow. And uh, Jamar Chase starting to make some mistakes. A lot of a lot of drops in the last few games. It, it, it comes as being a rookie. We knew they're, that. They're, I, I think Derek's point is correct, though. They, they're come they're coming down to earth. Um, they I, they've definitely overachieved, and now they're kind of come they're coming back to be the Bengals. They're, they're, they're a 500 team. Yeah, but yeah, I, I it's, talent wise, absolutely. Yeah, monumental shifts in the AFC this week. Um, and uh, another storyline from this week that absolutely blew my mind. PFF just released their uh, their rankings for the year for pass rushers. Micah Parsons is the number one PFF ranked pass rusher. I know a lot of people did maybe disagree with PFF rankings or what goes into them, but that's wild, folks. Uh, next on the list, uh, Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald. Two and three. Parsons is a middle linebacker, folks, who's who happens to be playing like defensive end, edge rusher at this point. Um, can't say enough. We 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 seem to we seem to kind of blow this guy every week, and he just continues to get better. And, and if he was here right now, well, well, the, you can find us on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh yeah, but oh, um, man, yeah, no, he's fantastic. So like those ratings have to come from. Um, rush versus like win percentages like it has to right because obviously he's not rushing that often but when he but like everything he does he's dominant yep uh um so i'm i'm definitely want to hear like your feelings on top three because as much as i've talked shit on someone that is not in the top three i'm gonna i'm gonna praise them a little bit 
So I want I want to hear how like where you guys feel on that like on that top three as far as like like do you agree with those rankings like like I, I don't know what what do you think I mean, about to in me, terms of pass rushers yeah but just like just the just that ranking the PFF ranking I I always think like PFF is a little too formulaic and like paint by numbers and and there's some there's a certain plays that happen that don't really measure a player's impact, um, so. You get down to the kind of like what impact does this guy have versus like statistically how is he playing? As far as like knowing what their ranking is and seeing where he's landing and and I mean that's the ranking. The ranking is the ranking, and, and he's been absolutely incredible. If I'm starting a, a draft today, you know who do I want for the next five seasons? Like it's still Aaron Donald. Yeah, edge rushers. I mean, you'd have to go um, from people that are maybe forgotten from the list. Uh, Judon. TJ Watt, I go Nick Bosa, um, even like Robert Quinn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, edge rusher is it just sacks? I think I think that's that that's where the real question is. What what defines how good an edge rusher is? Yeah, so you see, when you're talking about your pass rush rankings, so like like I, I know they take into account like non like like your how you impact it when you're not in it, I guess. But this, but this is also this is just pass rushing, right? Yeah. It's not edge rushing. Yeah, it's just That's pass so, rushing. So if he comes on like a, a stunt and comes up the middle on a pass rush, mm-hmm. like that isn't. I mean, that's a play that doesn't. It can't be really replicated. True. by anybody else. Like Aaron Donald's not running that play because he's not playing four yards off the four yards off the ball. Yeah. See, see, my my problem is, and um, I could be off base with how I've interpreted, it, but they also account like for my, Micah per se, like when he's not pass rushing. His effectiveness, like as far as the defense goes, like how effective he is, what his impact is, that gets actually like pulled into that grading. Interesting. Which which is weird because some of those defenses, even though they look like what you think that they look like in Madden, like sometimes those people are, they, they have different purposes. So that's my, you can't calculate. That's my that. problem with PFF is they're not in the huddle. Yeah, they don't know the fucking play. Yeah, like if if a defensive tackle gets rubbed off and doesn't get to to stunt. Is that does that look like a, just a blown play where the guy didn't do anything? No, he he was relying on a guy to think to st- to hit his stunt and he didn't. So the whole play gets blown up. That's not Micah's fault. That's the defensive tackle's fault. Yeah, yeah. So so some of those those ratings definitely get skewed. That's why you, like if you the, anyone who's like like betting or doing a full evaluation just on that, like look elsewhere. Like whatever they're they're getting they're getting accounted like accredited for reasons, but but they don't take the whole picture in. So. Um, so let me get a few minutes here just to talk. Let's talk TJ Watt here for a minute. Uh, so I'm his bi- biggest critic. Is that is that good with you guys? Let me get like 120 seconds. Yeah, you're about to blow him. So yeah. So uh, I'm I'm, <laughs> I don't I'm, know. I'm I'm his biggest critic, right? So I hate that like quarter of the pass rushes. If you watch him tight, like he's out of the play, he puts himself out of the play. And what I will say is the biggest mistake that the referees made in that Baltimore Pittsburgh game. Cause that was, that was atrocious. It was almost as atrocious as the bucks uh, Colts officiating, but they, so they throw this taunting on him just for looking at someone on the sideline. It, but like, so, so he comes out and he finishes a three and a half sacks. So TJ Watt, not in the top three, he's played 10 games. He missed two and a half games. So he came back for a game, but missed half of it after that knee injury still leads the NFL in sacks. So, so when you talk about this scoring, where is it? So, but like, truthfully, that's the type of player I want for. I'm going to keep talking shit on it because at $27 million a year, well, you better be impact we, we, all the time. We've had that conversation is, is 
he's a victim of the fact that he, like what he's paid for his position like there's no there's no way to earn that contract yeah he you could win defensive player of the year one year and you still don't earn that contract it's like jamal adams like there's nothing jamal adams can do to earn that contract at his position it's not a premium position yep agreed yeah. aaron donald's the only person that can earn that contract because because yeah. he, he's like Miles Garrett's trying to, and he's having a great year, but he's he's but never. See, now that's be Aaron a difference Donald. too, because like you look at Miles Garrett, like what does he make compared to the next guy? And it's like, is he that much better? Yeah, of course he is. So it's easy to earn that contract. But when you look at like outside linebacker, who's the second highest paid outside linebacker? Is T.J. Watt three times better than that guy? Well, like, well <laughs> but 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 his, but his position, he's an outside linebacker, but he's really Miles Garrett. He's a, he's, sure. a, he's, a, he's a defensive end. Sure. So 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 when you look at it, it's like who's going to get after? Like for me, my biggest thing with him is if you're going to pay that type of money. Like that type of percentage, so like, like, cares about the money. Let's mm-hmm. just talk about that type of percentage. I don't want a guy who's going to be out of plays, right? Sure. But, but if you know, get him in there. Yeah, he does make big impact plays. But I, I'll, I can't praise anyone more than Aaron Donald as far as uh, you know, money versus impact. Oh, let me tell you this: it's impossible to pay anybody what they're worth outside of quarterbacks and offensive linemen in the NFL, regardless. Any, any other position, it's going to always be hard, especially when it comes up to pay them what they're worth. Like, what is anybody actually worth? The hardest to assign outside of those two positions is every position. It's so fucking hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, how do you pay these guys? It's, it's, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, quarterbacks, you know. This guy's good, or this guy's getting overpaid. Offensive linemen, Traditionally, like this guy's really fucking good. It's like when the pay Bucks this paid guy, Anger or whatever they paid him, like that was like two and a half million dollars. Like, yeah, are you telling me he's five times better than some rookie you could get? It's <laughs> it's it's wild. I mean, just it's it's so hard to any of these contracts when they after they come off the rookie contracts, especially in the NFL, it's so hard to gauge, man. What are these guys worth? Well, it's yeah, impossible to gauge. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, it's just all about like percentage of the salary cap. So like, yeah. I, like you have you have to devote like a certain point of everything but in like I, I don't care what the dollar itself is it's just in the nfl you're very limited but that, that's exactly it the percentage of the salary cap is based on your value and, and it's so hard to determine what these values are like quarterbacks you talk about you don't like when he's away from a play how often is a cornerback completely away from where the play actually is developing you know what i'm saying because they play on one side of the field or the other that's that's inherent in a lot of defensive yeah, players. yeah, well, 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 a thousand, thousand percent, and like we honestly, like this debate is something that could go on for hours and hours because there's different schemes and setups. Yeah, but if all right, so for instance, uh, just to touch on it, if you have a cornerback that like all right, so Richard Sherman, you know he's his own player, so you you start moving around your ace receiver in a slot in the op- opposite side, you you move them around to get them open, right? So like players like TJ, and and we're just talking like the percentage that they're getting paid. You know that you can run power towards his side if you run a um, no no tight end on his side because he's going to rush outside. So you already know that you can yeah. run. You can you, you already know you can run a kick. Guys, you can isolate by alignment. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, so you can isolate him. So that's kind of where my thing is with him and kind of, with, with anything with the Steelers. I'm always going to be more intent, like more. That's why I think Drew makes a good point about like quarterback and offensive line. It's like those guys. You know what they're going to do. They're yeah. islands. They're going to be where they're going to be. Period. You yeah. know if they're good, you pay them. But uh. But kind of the main thing I wanted to like really get into with like the PFF rankings is it's kind of going back into, and and I'm gonna hate on TJ so much, but I'm, I'm gonna keep blowing him for a little bit. We're talking about NFL records, and we all talked about this multiple times, and we brought it up a few weeks ago. Which NFL records are gonna go down this year? That 
you know who has the best chance right now, even with missing two and a half games of breaking an NFL record for the single season? It's TJ Watt. Yeah. Four sacks. So right now he's actually on well on pace. Even even at sixteen or fifteen games, he he could actually break Michael Strahan's record. So I feel I, believe, I feel I, vindicated. Yeah. Derek predicted it. My my two things I thought was receiving yards and sacks, and yep. like, that's two most at risk here. Yeah. So, so what's funny is, um, so uh, Cooper Cup, great jersey, great number, great beard, great for haircut. But <laughs> so right now, if not he, great number by the way, <laughs> if he finished on pace, he actually will finish ten yards short. But he's the second close closest to actually like as far as keeping your pace for the season yeah, we talk to, about, to breaking a record. We talk about like Bill Belichick not caring about individual records and not caring about that. He just wants to win. And I think Sean McVay will fucking force feed Cooper yeah, Cup yeah. if he's worth the yeah, striking Yeah, yeah. So, so, so right, right now he, he's the second closest as far as just like per game averages. Yeah, yeah. We, we, but it's interesting because we thought we automatically passing yards, passing touchdowns. We thought like with that extra game, we'd have five, six records go down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... But, but we can still finish with none, which is cool, right? I think Cooper Cup has a great chance of breaking it. I mean, the the guy seems to get better and better. How There's never been a more consistent fantasy player. The, the only other wide receiver who I can remember who's ever been this dominate, dominant on a consistent basis is Antonio Brown for seven years with the, Brown, with, with so, the Steelers. So good. Where he, every single week, he was going to get you 20 points at least. In a lot of those games, he's going to get you 40. That's what Cooper Cup is. Cooper Cup is going to get you at least 20 points in a PPR league. A lot of times, he's going to bust out and go for even more than that. The guy's insane. And the thing is, they don't really even force it to Cooper Cup. If you watch the way that they use him, he's the dump-off guy. He's the the high percentage. Like, I... Uh, OBJ isn't downfield. I can't... I Like, something something's breaking down in my protection. I'm getting it to Cup. And, oh, shit, he's open. Here we go. He's always open. Yeah. He's but fucking I, and good. I, and I know Diggs is close. I don't think interceptions ever gets broken because, like, you just don't throw to that guy. Yeah. We talked about, you know, when Drew was just talking about that, like, if you, if you talk about Rivas Island, like, you just don't throw to that guy. Yeah. So, so, you, so you know what's funny is because no, Diggs isn't even that guy. We, we, no, we, he's not. No. But we, at the same time, like, if he gets close, like, they're just not going to throw. We, we, we've we've talked about it, and, and like the more like like intently watch the Cowboys, and like oh, like five or six of them is just like lucky. It's just like, like just yeah. like like random wild bounces, yeah. but but he's the only one even remotely close, and still not even close to being on pace. Diggs is crazy overrated. I'll just say it. Uh, thousand percent. At, at, but guess who's going to pay him? As a, yes, they will, and they're going to pay him a big contract, uh, and it's going to be a bad contract. He's got a cute kid that they're rolling through all this PR. Oh, stuff. dude, the, the kid is kid. the kid's adorable. He 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 deserves the contract just for the kid alone. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Trayvon Diggs is crazy overrated. Yeah. Um, he's a really good cornerback in this league. He's not even close to elite. I'm just telling you that right now. It's a family trait, he's, man. Those Diggs guys he, overrated. He is digging it up it with 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 interceptions and. Not much else. He's give, the, if, if you actually look at his PFF rankings and what he's giving up in terms of yardage on the guys that he's covering, guy's getting destroyed. Yeah, oh, a thousand percent. He, he's just he's just been in the right spot a few <laughs> he's times. Got, he's got a lot of opportunities because the ball's flying over so, his head a lot. So, um, yeah. so for my, as a gambler, my best way to talk about Trayvon Diggs, uh, Trayvon Diggs is uh, the Patriots game. I mean, I'm watching. I got Dallas. I'm like, all right, here we go. Pick six. It was tipped by someone. He picks it. It returns to the house. I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. Maybe he's good. Next play gets burned 80 yards to the house. Fuck that guy. Yeah. He's like, you have to be consistent. If you want to be elite. The Thanksgiving game and cap and it, 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 you're exactly right. It, 
summarizes who Trayvon Diggs is. Yeah, like, like you can't, like that shit can't happen. Like, yep. if, if you want, if you want to, like, get in that conversation. So, like, like going back to like Revis Island for like even Sherman for how long they had a role. They but when their fucking role, you you couldn't touch it. Like, yeah. they they were so elite at that role that if you fucking like if anyone were to beat them in that zone or like in that area. And sometimes they'd make so many plays outside of what they were supposed to do because they were that good. But if something happened, you you were, like, checking, make sure you didn't die. Like, yeah. make sure something wasn't off because, like, that's how good they were at it. Yeah. He couldn't hold Ramsey's jock strap is all I'm saying. No, fuck he, no. He's a really good ball hawk. That's about it. He's yeah, I think he's just kind of a one-trick pony, and I don't know, man. He's he, he's he's a good player at, the, at where they drafted him. He is insanely overrated he's a uh, prime candidate for that free safety move i think but oh yeah and and guys like that you know free safety Devin mccorder they moved his second year in the league they're like mm, we think it'll be a free safety and he's been and fan- he's been a pro bowl like five he, times he's been nothing short of fantastic <laughs> yeah. yep yep so i think we all agree on that let's all agree on something else fuck the minnesota vikings and fuck this detroit loss i've never seen anything like it i mean this is embarrassing <laughs> They all right. So a lot of people don't. If you didn't watch this game, there are so many things to dissect. Number one, do you realize that the Vikings failed on three two point conversions? Three two point. That's six fucking points. That's like that's a fucking entire touchdown. Yeah, and and I know. Three. Uh, so, um, I can't remember who the fuck was asking me about. They're like, well, why didn't they kick it? I was like, well, well, the first time they missed the two. They're they're trying to you know make up points, and then when they went for it again, they were trying to make up those points. So, like, they're kind of stuck at that point. But you have to fuck, you have to convert. It's not why they're doing it. It's what they're calling in these situations. Like, up the middle runs. Like, what are you fucking doing? The worst part is, like, every team, even bad teams, have three two-point conversion plays. Some teams have more. Yeah. Every team has three. Those are their three? Like, those are their, their, their three plays? Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's embarrassing. And like, uh, one, one of them, they, they put Madison, like, in, like, a... Weird position <laughs> off to the left, and he and he ran up like, dude. The the the, the play is a train wreck. It's I don't even know what it is. I I can't even define it as a, as a play. Like I don't even know what that play call is. I I I feel I feel it. I I've I've spent half of the last like ten years been like, is that the best you they, can come up with? And you give it to their blocking fullback on one of them, right? No, or is that, they, that, they, that, they that basically pitch. wind up Madison as a fullback and then just. Oh, like tucked okay. him up the middle. It was so dumb. And, and and before we continue on this like rant about like fuck the Vikings and like all that, congratulations to Dan and Man. Like we've been rooting for yeah. him. We were hoping it not there. Like congrats, good for you. Like I'm glad hoping. it was you, brother. Yeah, brother. I'm glad it was you, brother. Honestly, yeah. I wish I could have went up to Dan the Man after I was so pissed off after after the loss. And just like me, clearly mad, and and him clearly happy, and me and him kind of aggressively hugging each other, like me trying to hurt him a little bit, and him trying to hurt me a little bit because he's excited. So I love that. So so hypothetically, let's just say that you run into him, and when you if you if you go to shake his hand, you're gonna give him a little finger tickle. I, I <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna embrace him as close as I can, and I'm I'm just gonna look him right in the eyes and be like, I'm glad it was you. <laughs> I'm glad it was you, brother. I'm glad it was you. But yeah, but yeah, like it, like that shit sucks. And trust me, like I'm I'm fucking pissed. Like I've had I had a nice run of like parlays going through, and like I was looking at, it, I was like, you know what? 
Something about seven scares me. I'm not going to buy it to six and a half. You know what? I'm going to pay the fucking juice. Vikings just win. That's all I need the Vikings to do, just win. Yeah, but back to the Vikings. Uh, dude, dude, I'm finally the entire, all of Vikings nation is unified in getting rid of Zimmer. Um, we, we, we talked about the two-point conversions. We haven't even talked about the worst thing that they did. They give the ball to Jared Goff. He has to go 75 yards with less than two minutes with zero timeouts. This is a easy win for any fucking team in the NFL, including the Lions. You put the Lions defense out there. The Lions stop them 100% of the time. Vikings, what do they do? They go into a prevent defense. Rushing three, rushing four, dropping all these guys back giving up the cushion every single time so they're just taking the easy the easy yards as they should up the middle rush up do another play up the middle taking it all the way up they get to the fucking 7 yard line and they back off not a single vikings defender is is in the secondary is standing outside of the end zone how fucking dumb is that well, welcome to my life and and i i we're we're all texting like in our group chat. It was almost midfield, and you and the first thing you said was "fucking prevent defense." Are you kidding me? So my response, and I I've seen it time and time and time and time again from Pittsburgh: prevent fucking defense prevents you from winning. Yes, go you're fucking, gonna lose. Go fucking put pressure on him. Like they have no timeouts. You know what? The, the, you can scheme it. You can you can you can scheme a cloud three and have outside leverage and keep them in, but also put pressure in there so he doesn't fucking have all day. Exactly. Uh, unless unless you have Aaron Donald, Reggie White, and um, just for Vikings' sake, Daniel Hunter, and his, like when he's healthy. If those aren't your three pass rushing, don't fucking rush three ever. There, there's no reason in the world outside of a Hail Mary beyond the 50. And, and no, fuck that. I, I retract that statement. That that will be the first and only statement I retract this year. You should never rush only three, ever. No. You, you, some, they, someone needs they, to get in there. They weren't. The majority of the time, they are rushing four. But it was it was just, listen, folks, it, this was one of the worst coach games I've ever seen in my life. Um, Mike Zimmer... Everyone needs to be fired. Unfortunately, what we're looking at now is a short week. It's now it's now Tuesday night. Mike Zimmer still hasn't been fired. He's clearly not going to be fired this week. He probably won't be fired till the end of the season, which I can't even disagree with. And you know, you want to know why? Because Mike Zimmer has assembled a coaching staff of such incompetent idiots. They have nobody that they can go to. Like any guy like McVay, Belichick. Andy Reid, any of these guys, if, if if they displayed the incompetence that Zimmer did, you would have three, four guys on their coaching staff that you could potentially go to to be the heir apparent in terms of head coaches. And this is the ultimate dilemma that I don't think a lot of Vikings fans acknowledge is that, yes, fire Zimmer. That, that's a no-brainer. But where do, we, where do we go from here? We have nobody we have nobody. Clint Kubiak, Clint Kubiak, our offensive coordinator, the fucking Gary's little boy. Gary's dude. Dude, this is, I've, I've never looked at this before. This is terrible. The Vikings coaching it's a combination staff. of like people I've never heard of. If you've never like, heard of any of these guys, and then I mean Kennedy Palomalu. That's not a very common last name. I wonder if he has any relationship to probably. <laughs> it, dude, I, I, it's, I don't know. Kennedy's not very Hawaiian, but, but Keenan McCardell. 
the old uh it kind of makes sense why jj's having a fantastic season yeah but I, I but, like but also but also here's why you can't fire zimmer even like like however whatever happens on thursday they're a half game out of the playoffs so, so and we talked about this until the way it stands right now as soon and like the second they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs you have that argument you have that argument, no matter no matter no matter what else. So then you have you have it, but until then, like you can't like you have a team in the playoff race. So until that happens, and trust me, I would be very happy to help you guys get there in two days. We should do a power ranking of uh, all of the uh, NFL head coaches. Sons, assistant coaches, <laughs> like Steve Belichick, Adam Zimmer, get these guys going together. together. I can tell just by looking at his rosacea cheeks that that's that's uh, Zimmer's kid. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. It's definitely Mike Zimmer's kid who is the co-defensive coordinator for the Vikings. How fucking pathetic is that? The Vikings are a joke. Our whole our whole coaching staff is a joke. We've assembled a whole circus of clowns, folks. And now that the clowns are doing meth and weirding out the guests, we don't even have a head clown to go to. It's 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 one of the craziest and most embarrassing situations. And I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't see it developing. But this is a fucking train wreck of epic proportions because I know that the Vikings want to fire Zimmer. They can't. They have nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Unless, unless, unless we could hire our next coach which isn't going to happen because they're coaching for some other nfl team right now it's it's really fucking wild like the the vikings are fucked it's they and they just have to shit the bed for the rest of the season deal with zimmer and then move on next year but i worry with this with these games coming up like what happens if mike zimmer goes 2-0 against the packers this year which could happen because mike zimmer is the ultimate packer destroyer um, he has always done well against Aaron Rodgers. We've already beaten him this year. Like, what happens if they go two and zero? Does that do they give him some fucking extension? I don't put it past how dumb the Vikings are to do that. But it is it is frustrating as hell to be anywhere near a Vikings fan at this point because this is such a talented roster. This is a team that should be doing so much more, and. <laughs> They're still in control of their own destiny. Still in the bubble of the playoffs. Still could be a playoff team if they just went out. It's but fu- it's not going to happen. It's fucking frustrating. I know. It is. It's absolutely frustrating and unacceptable. Let's go to some college news. Uh, Kenny Pickett with the fake slide. How how uh, insane was that? I've I that out of all the things that I've never seen, I. I'll just be honest. I've, I've never seen a fake slide. I didn't even know it existed. It takes an amazing play to unite Twitter. I'll tell you that. Yes. Because the, the general consensus I saw on Twitter was probably 80%, 80% of people saying the same thing. Amazing play. Needs to be addressed in the yep. rules this offseason. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because you're, you're seeing so many like penalties called. Oh, well, he started. He, he gave himself up even though it was late. If the expectation is the defensive player somehow pulls off as soon as you see the start of the slide, then you can't fake the start of that slide. Yeah. It's it, it was it was remarkable to watch. It's like obviously it's wow such he, a sick play. Yeah, it, it, it's it was so, insane. It, it's so sick that highlight will that highlight right there is going to be on the twenty twenty two. That's why uh, he's gonna be like, drafted like, number like, one overall. Like, like, well, it, it actually it, it could help, but like but like 
Every year when new penalties, new everything gets implemented, they have videos as to why. Kenny Pickett will be on that. Don't do this. Yep. That's a Patrick Mahomes-esque, like, just, dude, I don't think he planned that. I think it was just flawless improvisation. Yeah, yeah, it it was, and and natural instinct, but if, like, your natural instinct is now as a defender, what you have developed is you can't, he's come. you're both closing in on him, so lay up because he's going to go down. So now now we give a 60-yard touchdown in our ACC championship. Now we're fucked. Like, kudos to him, but it changes everything. It's cool. It's cool to see change happen. I, I would have never thought in a million years that we'd even see that. It's yeah. one of those, like, what if? Like, you know, when you're just, like, trying to play devil's advocate. I, I think I've literally said that, like, before. Like, you know, I think what sparked it was, like, when the quarterback, like, kind of pretends to run out of bounds and then turns up for four more yards. I hate that play, too. I think that should be a penalty as well. But then you're like, okay, well, what if somebody tries to fake slide? The mechanics of doing that at full speed is like, I don't know how he didn't blow his head. It's 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 impressive, and and there's always like the what ifs. Like there's certain rules that I do hate. Cause like now they have like the implant. If you start your slide, you 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 start to give yourself up. You're down where it starts. So technically, it should have been stopped right there. But he didn't slide. There's so much confusion, and my problem is, and there's like every pi, every rough in the quarterback. They're already going back towards like the board, towards everyone not on the field. They need to keep doing that. Like some of these penalties are changing games. Taunting, we, we can't talk enough about it, so we're not going to talk about it tonight. But nothing should be subjective. Like uh, it cha- it changes the game. It's good. To, it's good to see it because now if like fuck that like if that if he if he does that shit, someone should have been able to like drill him after he scored and be like, well. <laughs> He should have given himself up. I, I don't I, like <laughs> how's that rule. How's that rule going to work out? Um, uh, he, that guy's going to get suspended for the rest of that half and half of the next game. <laughs> right. But it, 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 it's it's just something interesting. It was it was cool to see, but like guys, we, they they have to tighten that shit up because like plays like obviously plays like that. It's already confusing enough to be a defender in any league, whether it's the NCAA or or the NFL. I agree. They have they have to they have to nip that right in the bud because yeah. people are going to start they, doing that. They, they fucking have to because and and we talk about like penalties and like can we let's touch on catches real quick. We all we we were talking about Kelsey that the Kelsey fumble. What's a catch? We we can go. That's another conversation we can go on days and days about. But like that Kelsey fumble, that catch and fumble. That was scoop and scored for a touchdown. It's that subjective subjectivity. Keep keep everything consistent. Listen, if you want if you want to allow it, cool. Just keep it consistent through all levels, high school, like pee wee, all the way up through NFL. It has to be consistent. So like, just like targeting in and in, in, in all the targeting and head shots and like those penalties. It's relative. It's very new as far as like. Like in the, the the life of the NFL of football is concerned, but like that, like you have to set a standard and teach it from little league all the way up. Like that's like he he didn't just learn that. Like those defenders didn't just learn that. It just has to be consistent so we can have a consistent game because nothing's worse than so. Like if you're if you're a Wake Forest fan, you're fucking steaming. You, your team just gave up a sixty yard touchdown run. When you we watch as you watched him like come up, you assumed it was going to be a thirteen yard first down. All right, next play. But now now you're down seven nothing. Yeah, I hope the NFL like goes ahead and says, "Oh shit, that could happen here too." 
Yeah, like Lamar I, could do that and fuck Pat, somebody. Patrick up. Mahomes could definitely do that. Yeah, so like I think the NFL needs to like take a look at them and go ahead and get that on the books too. I, 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 if 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 they honestly, it's just going to lead to worse officiating. If if if, yeah. if 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 the if the NFL did not send out a memo to all the teams, well, specifically at like teams oh, at the, the NFL team. now, hilarious. <laughs> well, well, we were, we were talking about like Mahomes and Lamar. Yeah. If the if the NFL didn't send out like that tape towards all the NFL or specifically NFL with like any quarterbacks can move and say hey you're gonna be you're not gonna be protected if he does that shit and gets drilled we're not throwing a flag yeah they're they're already behind the ball yeah because it it, like like if he fakes a slide like like lamar patrick if anyone did the the subjectivity on a guy was about to fake a slide therefore he can drill him adds a whole new layer of but yeah yeah, it does but but like they're like listen if if he fakes a slide or if he appears to not to to be starting a slide but doesn't and gets hit he's still a runner there's no yeah but it's so subjective you we're opening ourselves to way more subjectivity i mean you're you're talking about how subjectivity has ruined the game in many ways but you're also adding in a subjective call, insanely subjective call. No, I, I, I know, I know, I am. It's just more of like a forewarning, right? Right. Just like, hey, listen, tell your guys, don't even try to pull this shit. I, I, however, you need to state it to like make it clear. Don't pull this shit because we don't need this right now. The Pats will be the first one to pull it once they say that. Can you guys? Can you guys imagine? I don't Rick, think Matt can do that. Can, yeah, I, 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 not I was, nearly, not nearly athletic. That, enough. That's what I'm saying. Could you guys just imagine like Mac Jones just like running? No, he'd, he'd look like Daniel Jones. You know that run, like just fucking all over. So, so, <laughs> so, so real quick, because I know we're about to move on, but like, is is it also kind of like like when a quarterback's running? And changes the ball hand at the sideline to get pick up two extra yards. Is it, is it not kind of like the same? It, it's a weird. It's a weird rule, right? So like you're gonna, you have a quarterback who's going like eight yards, and everyone's giving up because he's giving himself up on the sideline, which we see pretty much every game. Oh, Mahomes does that like five times a game. Every like, single it drives time drives me insane. And, and and he and he's like slowing down, so the defender's slowing and down not to get a penalty, second. and and he he switches the ball yep. to here pick up two more yards, reaching out like that. Yep, at the last second, it's. It's it, it's but shit. if somebody hit him as he was doing that, a flag would be a, a thousand percent <laughs> be in the third row. Like, it's just manipulating the rules. I mean, it's it's inherent. You can't prevent it. Quite frankly, you 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 right. install rules. They're always going to be manipulated. What what do you what what's the answer to to resolve that? There is none. There is none. That there is none. Yeah. So all right, guys. Uh, anything else? Anything else you guys want to close it down with? Um, not, not really. I'm just kind of excited to, uh, tomorrow, Minnesota, man. Yep. Marcus and I are heading up to Minnesota tomorrow to see the, uh, Vikings play the Steelers. Uh, if you're a Vikings fan right now, listening to this, uh, look around, we'll be on the lookout for fat Thor, uh, come up and say hi to us at the Vikings game. Uh, we will be there and we will be miserable. <laughs> All right, guys, anything else? That's it. All right, fellas. Well, it's going to be a wild week. Cold as fuck up in Minnesota. I have a feeling. What, what if we end, ends in a tie? Is that the most appropriate way for this game to end? Yeah. I it, think it is. It kind of is because um, we both hate our teams. Well, we definitely both hate our teams. But one thing um, we were going to, I forgot to uh, bring up was technically, as far as points are concerned, we tied the Lions. You guys have tied the lines as far as points go. You lost by two, one by two. It'd be kind of fitting 
So yeah. she's tied to the tied to the Steelers, and then we can just cry into each other's arms and 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 realize that life sucks balls. I think we should. Pro- I'm, I'm probably gonna end up in my underwear in minus four degree weather. <laughs> Not surprising. I'm not. No, it's not surprising at all. Not surprising at all. <laughs> all right, guys. Skull Vikings. <laughs>